Uninvisible is a support podcast that provides information, ideas, suggestions, and experiences that deal squarely with medical issues that present unique advocacy issues for individuals. We do not provide medical advice of any kind. We do provide support, concepts, ideas, discussions, and information you can use to make sure that you are being heard and that your concerns are being addressed. Please consult with your physician for any medical issue that you are facing, but we will be here for you along your journey. We welcome all comments about our episodes and, of course, the correction of any errors. Information and comments that you send to us are governed by our Terms of Service and Privacy Policy, which are available on our website, located at www.uninvisiblepod.com. The opinions expressed by guests are their own and are not necessarily the opinion of Uninvisible or the show sponsors. Most of all, we welcome your stories and experiences to share with our community, because without you, this community and the benefit it offers all of us would not exist. Any advertising that you may hear is accepted without regard to our editorial content. Of course, in the event that you are having a medical emergency of any kind, consult your physician or emergency services. Welcome to Uninvisible. I'm your host, Lauren Friedman, and I'm here with my guests to bring you info, insights, and inspiration for coping with, diagnosing, and treating invisible illness. We're here oversharing, so you don't have to struggle with invisibility anymore. But I think what you asked is really important, which is what did I do that worked? Well, Here's what I'll say. I have a system called the six root causes of chronic illness. I, I needed in my own mind to have like a roadmap to follow. Right. So the six root causes are toxicity, mm-hmm. microbes. You could mm-hmm. also call that one infections. And that's everything from mold to Lyme and tick-borne illness to viruses like Epstein-Barr to mm. um, like strep in your gut that nobody's figured out, dysbiosis. All of that is in microbes. I'm pretty sure I had the strep thing. We talked about that when yeah, I first Yeah, I had recurrent strep too. It's because yeah. it was living in my gut. Exactly. Um, and then the third one is allergies and mm-hmm. the allergies one is complex because sometimes people have allergies that start the disease, but for most of us, we also have new allergies that happen once the disease happens. Mm-hmm. It's like once your body gets inflamed, changes you everything, you develop all these new allergies. Yeah. And if you aren't trying to control them, it'll keep you from getting well. It's like, you kind of got to control the allergies. That's why elimination diets work so well. Right. You have to kind of stay on the path. You I can't know. just do it and then go back to your old diet. Same totally. with any diet, isn't it? You know, Totally, but. totally. Um, well, with the exception with what's so exciting about autoimmune disease, elimination diets is as you heal, you get to bring things back in. Right. So I can eat so many more things than that's I can That's amazing. Eat. Oh my God, yeah. Um, and then the fourth root cause is stress, which includes, mm-hmm. so that's like, are you sleeping? How are your relationships? Do you have childhood trauma? A lot of us do. Mm. Is there addiction in your family? For a lot of us, there is. Mm. That's just what I have noticed. A lot of codependency in autoimmune disease. So like finding your voice, setting boundaries seems to be a huge theme for autoimmune patients. Mm. Um, And I would also say in the stress area, it's like, do you have support? This is where a health coach can be so life-changing. Like, are you talking to people who get it? Are you talking to people, period? Mm. Do people know what's going on with you? Um, do you have a plan for how to get well or are you at the mercy of your doctors? Yeah. Like that, you know, that's in that category. The fifth is poor nutrition. Mm. So that's like, 
many of us, once our guts get damaged, and and just as a side note, everybody with autoimmune disease has a damaged gut. That's one of the things we know from medical research. Mm. So like everybody who has an autoimmune disease has leaky gut. Mm. Once you have leaky gut, you also are getting malnourished on some level. Right. And that's what we were talking about with you as a child. A hundred percent. Exactly. So the nutrition element, some of that is like, you got to start eating organic and non-GMO. You got to start cooking. You got to get rid of inflammatory foods, at least to some degree. You can play with a couple of them, but you got to get a lot of them off your plate. Mm. Um, and then also like a lot of people need supplements at that point. I a know. lot of us need B Girl, vitamins. do I know about those supplements? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So most of us need vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of us need magnesium. Most of us need um, B, B, B12. Yeah, B complex. B complex, B12. Yeah, yeah, totally. Zinc, also selenium. And if you take zinc, you need copper. Yep. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, girl, I've been doing my research. <laughs> <laughs> and then the sixth one is gene mutations. Right. And that's so, what we're talking about with your dad Exactly. Mom, right? And the main ones to look for are the COMT, super common. If you're an artist or somebody who feels really deeply, you might have a COMT mm. um, mutation. It's a detox gene. MTHFR, which I know we've talked about, that's the methylation one. I like to call that one the motherfucker. <laughs> the motherfucker gene. Because it fucks up your whole life. Yeah. I, and I'm one of those people who I am 99.99% sure I have the MTHFR yeah. um, gene mutation, but have never been actually tested for it because at this point, it's like the tests can be expensive. And sure. You know, depending on what point you are in your, your journey to yeah. healing, yeah. you might be like, well... Based on all of this other information, I probably have the the motherfucker. Oh, totally. Yeah. You can you can kind of tell sometimes yeah. clinically, but especially people who can't recover from Lyme and tick borne illness, Ooh. a lot of them have these HLA gene mutations. And what you need to know about all the gene mutations is all of them share one thing, which is like you cannot detoxify your body the way a, a normal person could. Right. So that's when all the detox practices come in. <sighs> so what I did to get well was this is like a long way of answering that question. I made that map for myself and I started doing trial and error, exactly what you said. So it's I was, called science, y'all. It's called science. I did myself like a science experiment, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, just like a, your doctor would treat you too, if they were trying to treat symptoms and they weren't sure exactly. And what isn't to that interesting? Take. Yeah. Isn't that interesting to learn that? I feel like as a chronically ill patient, you see that in a way that more healthier people don't. I'm yeah. like, oh, they don't know. Yeah. They, they're trying things. And, and that's the thing. Like, let's just, let's put this out there because, you know, I think we, we have all had experiences where we've had doctors who like maybe haven't worked for us. Right. But mm-hmm. then we find practitioners who do work for mm-hmm. us and, they're trying to figure it out just like you are. Yep. And I think that's where empowering yourself with information and not expecting a doctor to play God is one of the most important things that you can do for yourself in I the journey. I could not too. agree more. Yeah. I could not agree more. And that's more. where for some people, a health coach is yes. the perfect way to bridge the gap. A hundred percent. I mean, one of my clients in my three month group that ended this summer was, would consistently write me emails being like, I am so glad I have you. My doctor missed this. Yeah. And she was with a great doctor, mm. right? She's with one of the doctors I'm with, who I really believe in. Yeah. But it's like uh, the way the way I got from like 50% to 90% better was all me. Yeah. Once I made that roadmap, I was like, okay, I'm going to control my allergies. What are my options? Let me try mm. those. Good. Allergies are handled. I'm going to finish. I already had done heavy metals with Dr. Lalazar and Brentwood, mm. but I was like, do I have chemicals going on? I did. Mm. So then it's like, what am I going to do for those? Infrared saunas, coffee enemas. And then right. finally, I knew that something was going on in the infectious realm because I was still pretty sick for the amount of... For the amount of work I had done, I was still pretty sick. Mm. And finally, I just tracked... And I had come across toxic mold before, Mm. you know? But like, 
that happens sometimes on your journey. You're like, oh, interesting. I'm going to put a pin in that and come back to it. You know, it's like we can't do it all at once. Yeah. This is why it takes two to five years to heal from an autoimmune disease because like- And that's a hopeful estimate. That's a hopeful estimate. Totally. Is that like, it just takes time to run the amount of experiments that need to be run. And some of them are minutia. They feel like busy work because it's such a small change Yeah, and you may not feel the difference, right? right? But it's important you try it. 100%. And I think the other thing about feeling the difference is I heard a doctor once say, and I loved this, Mm. he was like, uh, he was like, imagine, he was actually talking to my friend Erica, so not me. So he was like, imagine Erica, who was also chronically ill. She was like, imagine you're uh, a, a lion with like nine thorns in your paw. And he's like, if I take five of those thorns out, you still can't put any weight on that foot. Mm. Wow, that's a really great analogy. Isn't that an incredible analogy? Yeah. Because so, and I and I think in early days, your interventions sometimes do not feel like anything. It's it's like a medical explanation of spoon theory. It's kind of like, <laughs> um, and yeah. for those who don't know yeah. about spoon theory, that's something that we'll also be posting resources about. But that's you know the idea that you have only a certain number of spoons full mm-hmm. of energy that you can use every day, and you need to use the spoons and then rest the spoons. Well, and at some point, the spoons them. are gone. Yes, and at some point, the spoons yeah. are gone. And you need to yeah. find a way to do what you need to do for yourself that that will enable you to refill the spoons. Totally. For most of us, it's rest. Totally. You know? And I think it's one of the best ways to understand the difference between living a chronically ill life and, mm-hmm. and willing living an able-bodied life is that like able-bodied people start the day with like 25 spoons mm-hmm. and chronically ill people start the day with like seven. Yeah. And, and when your spoons are out, you leave. Like I loved, I just was on the Instagram and that thing about like the Irish goodbye, like, oh, I just fucking leave a party. I'm yeah. like, oh, my spoons are, are done. I'm uh, gone. Yeah, bye. Yeah. Bye. I can't even speak to you. When I first got sick, I will never forget one of two of my friends, Rima and Katie, I was talking, <laughs> it happened with each of them. It was late at night and we were talking and I was listening and I was like, I need to go <laughs> right now. And I just yeah. left and they both were like, did I offend you? And I was like, No. no listening to you is too much energy. Like I don't have it. And that's, that's another thing in terms of your support network, right? Mm. Our support network. It's so important that the people that we keep around us are people who get it or are willing to get it. Right. Because if there are people around you who criticize you for leaving the party, Oh God, they're not your people. Like you need people who are taking care of you. Totally. And I think too, I would say to that, like, they're not your people right now. Yeah. Like one of my best friends couldn't really handle what was happening to me. Mm. And it was just like, oh, she's not my person right now. Yeah. You know? But she was able to be your person. She's my person now. Yeah. You know? A hundred percent. It's like, I think when people haven't lived through this kind of a crisis, they can Mm. feel just honestly at such a loss. Yeah. As to how to understand what you're feeling. Yeah. Absolutely. And if they have their own fears about health, I think sometimes people just peace out because they just can't. Mm. You know? It's not just your personal relationships where people are going to peace out. There may be practitioners who peace out on you. <sighs> you may be peacing out on yourself and not recognizing it. Mm, I love that. And that's where, I, and this is where I think the, the importance of health coaching really comes in, right? Yeah. Because it is about finding the person who's going to call you on your BS yep. and do it in a loving way. Because I think a lot of us who go through chronic illness and particularly illness that nobody can see from the outside, Ugh. you know, we live in a realm of self-criticism. Yeah. And it's very hard to see beyond that and even to, to, to gain the cognition because we all have brain fog anyway, (laughs) (laughs) you know, to, to find a way to acknowledge to ourselves that like we need the help 
and that part of the help is enabling us to see things in a in a more nurturing way. Mm, that's so beautiful. It's so well said. My coach Carolyn, um, I have two coaches, Amber mm. and Carolyn, and um, the other the other day I was talking to Carolyn about this because this happens a lot in my practice where people will be like, "I want to make this investment, but my doctor costs." And Carolyn was like, well, you know, Sasha, like a coaching investment is a different kind of investment. Mm. It's like a proactive versus a reactive investment. Yeah. It's like an investment in your well-being mm. as opposed to an investment in like, in like putting out the fire. And I would say they're deeply interrelated. Like truly somebody who works with me will get well more quickly most of the time mm. because they have somebody who knows more options and sees a bigger picture than their doctor does. That's my hope, Lauren, yeah. because you asked me like, what happened? Did, were you coached? And I, it's not only that I was, and I was blown away at how I was able to get onto the AIP protocol with so much grace, yeah. but also like in the dark, dark darkness when I was undiagnosed or after I was diagnosed and still wasn't better, mm. that was also a very dark time. The idea that I could shorten this suffering for other people was like one of the things that honestly kept me alive. Yeah. Like I'm going to say like suicidal ideation was a big part of those mm. years. Not, I never like, I never made a plan mm. because I think like the kind of suicidal thoughts you have when you're sick are more like my life is not fun anymore. Yeah. Like there were points where there was nothing. I, I was literally hadn't laughed in months. Like there were points where like I didn't get to do anything that was pleasurable ever again. I like that you use the word ideation as well instead of just like suicidal thoughts. I think yeah. we often think suicidal thoughts and it's one kind of thing. Right. But yeah, the, the idea of it being an ideation is, you know, for some of us, it is separate from your body. For some of us, it's in your body. I love that. And I think it really, this is a great reminder of how important our words are and how important our language is Mm. and that we're using our minds as much as we need to be using our bodies and Mm. that if we can get them in harmony. Mm. I love that. That's what we're all searching for. Even the able-bodied people are looking for it. Oh, totally. Totally. So I would say like, yeah, there were times when I just, I had really sober conversations, very calm with my boyfriend being like, I don't know if it's worth it to keep me living. Mm. Like the amount of money that we're spending, we're getting nowhere. I'm, I'm hurting all the time. Yeah. And I think in that time, one of the enormous lights in my life was like, I'm going to make this shorter for somebody else. Mm. I don't want this to take 25 years for somebody else. Yeah. Because there's also the reality of like, when we leave people chronically ill, we are leaving so much potential on the table. Mm. Like the autoimmune crisis, which by the way, is coming for more and more people. That's the other thing. Like you and I, Lauren, are the canaries in the coal mine. But like yeah. in 20 years, our ch- I'm very concerned about our children. I am too. Like look at both of us got sick before we were 30. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Are my kids going to be born with autoimmune conditions? It's like the way we're treating the earth, the way our yeah. food system, the way we're dumping pharmaceuticals into the water supply and into our food supply. Oh, well, not just pharmaceuticals, but yeah. Uh, but poisons, poisons, like glyphosate. And I mean, it's like what's happening is we're leaving incredible human potential on the table. Yeah. The gifts that could have, that I have, that mm. might have left the world as a result of like being mistreated, gaslit, and yeah. essentially not cared about as a patient. Is crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So that's why I decided to become a coach is because at the time, I'm not kidding, Lauren, like there was nothing good in my life Mm. or like there was good in my life, but like I was suffering to such a degree that like 
you know, it's, it's like when you're chronically ill, you can't be like, I'm going to go have a drink. It's like, no, you can't be like, I'm going to eat some ice cream. No, Mm. you can't be like, I'm just going to go have a night out on the town with my girlfriends. It's like, no, you probably don't have the energy for that. Yeah. Yeah. And because I had respiratory distress, I also couldn't even emote sometimes. Like when I had air hunger, crying made me feel like I was going to die Yeah, because I couldn't get emotionally worked up without not being able to breathe very well. Which would be something very similar to like a really extreme asthma attack. Totally. Example. Exactly. So it's like, it was just a, it was an unbelievable thing that I lived through. Like mm. when I think about that time, I'm like, it really was just like a journey through the darkness. And if anybody is in that place, I recommend the book Close to the Bone mm. um, by Jean Shinoda Bolin. It's a, it's a book that came through my coach, Amber. And um, it's an incredible portrait of what it's like to really be facing a life-threatening illness. Mm. She describes it as a journey into the underworld. And I feel that it is. Yeah. I just got chills saying that. I kind of did too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it is like you've descended and it's like you look up at the world where other people are living and you feel like you are not of that world anymore. Yeah. Um, and reading that book really helped. Doing a lot of work around suffering really helped. Like looking at the idea of suffering as like, what if suffering was a part of the human experience? Yeah. I think when you're chronically ill, there are times when you're just going to suffer. Yeah. Like it's very, it's a very different experience than like emotional pain for me in which there are things to be done. Like Mm. when you're a sick person, there are times when like, you're just going to suffer without help. Literally. Yeah. There may be like somebody giving you a hug, but like there are times where I was just in the darkness and I think starting to look at that as not being separate from the human experience, but being like a part of my life that could be meaningful Mm. was so powerful. And that reminds me of Claire Wineland who just died. Yeah. So we were talking about this earlier. So there's this wonderful series that Justin Baldoni is Mm -hmm. producing and creatively just doing everything. Spearheading, I think. Yeah. He is amazing. Incredible. Um, and it's on the CW. The CW. Can I, can I shout out the CW? Yeah, like I'm amazed. Seriously. I'm going to tweet at them and be like, th- thank do you, you. Do you understand what you're doing? Thank for you people. for Dawson's Creek and for, <laughs> and for the last days. <laughs> it's called my last my days. My last days it's is called the name my of the last show. Days, and they're, they're a little docu-series about people who are dying. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I've just been weeping with like recognition and relief. Um, anyway, if, if you aren't familiar with Claire, Claire just died on September 3rd. And she um, was a, a chronically ill activist and a cystic fibrosis patient. And mm. she, um, her perspectives on suffering are just like so life-saving for yeah. people like us. And I can also see, um, I'm not someone who has ever been a particularly religious person, mm-hmm. but I can also see 100% when you look at religious structures yeah. um, and the institutions with which, with which we're familiar, most of them really let joy and suffering coexist. Mm. It, it's not necessarily always a healthy balance, <laughs> totally. you know, and at different strokes, different folks, but uh, such a good point though. It's like there's heaven and there's hell, but we aren't yeah. taught that like you will exist in both of them. Right. It's like be good and you'll go to one. Right. Or be bad and you'll go to the other. But there's often that thing of, I mean, I'm thinking particularly in Judea, Judaism and Catholicism, you know, like the idea of, you know, not every day is going to be a perfect day and that's okay. Totally. You know, on a very basic level. Um, so, and then when you're chronically ill, it's like not every day is going to be a day where there's any light. Right. Literally. And, and that's something that it takes a lot to get used to, isn't it? You yeah. know, like that's a really tough, um, realization. Yeah. When you have been chronically ill and you've been having shitty days mm-hmm. and you suddenly go, Oh, 
well, not every day is going to be great. What a so relief. You, what a relief because you can mm-hmm. suddenly enjoy the good ones. Totally. I remember I was seeing, I don't remember exactly who said this to me first. I think it was a hypnotist. So mm. before I was diagnosed, I was out there. I was like, am I, do I need to be hypnotized? I mean, you know. Dude, I do regular I hypnosis had, with my Okay, therapist. great. I <laughs> am all for hypnosis. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, and the hypnotist I was seeing at the time, he was like, have you considered that you are a well person having a sick experience? And I wow. was like, thank God you said that. That's amazing. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Because what it did for me, and I'm sure it'll strike whoever's listening in their own personal way, but what it did for me was it showed me that it's a valid thing to have a sick experience. Yeah. That I'm not just failing, that I'm not just ugly, in pain, sad, desperate, and unable to make money. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh no, Sasha, like you're living a sick experience. There's learning here. Yeah. There's humanity here. There's actual meaning and joy in your life still. Yeah. It just is a different kind of a life. Absolutely. Did you go through experiences where people sort of like didn't recognize that that you were ill when you felt ill and that <laughs> totally. sort of made you go like, I need a health coach? Like how how, oh. how did it look for you to seek coaching and to become a coach? That's a great question. So to seek coaching, so I actually met my coach in 2014 before, right when I was getting really sick. So mm. it was before I really knew that I was sick. Um, and I just thought coaching was the most miraculous. So my first coach, her name was Amber. She's still my, really, she's still my coach. Mm. Um, like I've been coached by other people, but Amber is like my coach. Mm. Um, we just did four and a half months of coaching together just to like up-level my life because I've always loved personal growth. And I found her work to be deeply moving and transformational. Mm. So I hired her uh, before I knew that I was sick. The next coach I hired was to get me onto the autoimmune protocol, like I shared. Mm. And that was the point where I ever considered that I might be a coach. Because I was like, well, what I've been through, I started sort of started to recognize that in a way I was uniquely qualified because so few things had worked for me that I had tried everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, I literally, there are so few things I haven't tried yet. Now there are. Like, I haven't done stem cells yet. I haven't done LDN yet. Like, there are things that I have Oh, girl, done. I can tell you all about LDN. Oh, great. <laughs> great. I'm on that. <laughs> yeah. And that's something yeah. I'm curious about. But like, in terms of root cause treatment, yeah. I, I've done almost everything. Yeah. Um, I haven't done ozone either. Um, Do you think these are therapies that you will try eventually as well? If I don't get well, for sure. Yeah. I think if I don't get my last 10%, I'm for sure going to do stem cells. I like, I want you to like not have to go through it, but I am also like, (laughs) I want you to try it so that you can like speak on all of these things (laughs) with experience, you know? I know. I'm like the sick encyclopedia. Um, And so I started to see, like, I really have this like asset of knowing this wide scope of like available treatments because for so long, nothing worked for me. Yeah. And, um, and that's when I considered maybe it was for me. So I did an online certification when I was still very sick. Right. Um, through Health Coach Institute, which is, um, a six month certification process. I loved it. I'm so Mm -hmm. glad I did it. And I knew that my work was going to be specific to autoimmune patients and their work was more general, Mm. which is fine. It gave me like a, a place to jump off from. Right. And then I also knew that eventually I'd go back to Amber and have her tell me how she coaches and coach me how to be a coach. So had she done that before when you approached her about it? Yes. She had been coaching coaches. Yeah. For a couple years. And, um, and so then we started working together again about a year ago. Mm. I was, I've been working individually with Amber since then. Right. And, um, and then I mentioned, and now I'm in a a new coaching school with a coach named Carolyn Fryer Jones as well. So, um, so I would say like the health part of my training was my own journey, right. honestly, and all the research I did when I was undiagnosed. And then the Health Coach Institute stuff did support me in like 
some areas that I didn't know as much about. Right. But then I would say like the people that taught me how to be a coach is like my coaches. Right. And, and I really do a blend. Like I, like I don't mm. coach the exact same way Amber or Carolyn do because I work you coach with the way Sasha coaches. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, and I work with a population that's very specific. Right. Um, and the things that autoimmune patients need are different than the yeah. things that non, that, that able. Is there, was there a time when you knew you were sick and <sighs> someone laughed it off? Oh God. Oh, let me think. Because they couldn't see it, right? Like the idea of it being invisible, that you were feeling something and <sighs> Yeah. You know, I, mean, I mean certainly you've mentioned a few doctors' experiences. Yeah. Okay. Well, the one that's there are two that are coming forward. Mm-hmm. One I think is important to mention just because it's so common for other patients is my parents didn't believe me for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, God bless. Like I love I love you both. I love you guys. <laughs> She's you know. looking into the microphone. I, I'm literally like right now. <laughs> I, like it's it's beautiful. It's yeah. it's fine. But I would say Actually, it's not that they didn't believe. I don't think they understand. I, I think my parents didn't understand how sick I was. Mm. There was a time where like I had been functional for most of my life. And yeah. when I became not functional, I was not, it was hard to describe to people how bad things were getting. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say my own family never laughed, never laughed it off. Right. Not that the way I will tell you about a doctor who did, but, um, but also didn't really like get that I was potentially really in trouble. Right. Does that make sense? And also thought that the treatments that I was doing were crazy Mm. and potentially harmful. So like, I just say that because it's really common for people's families to not understand what's happening Mm. and to call their judgment into question since that's no longer an issue for, for any of us. No, it sounds like you guys are, yeah, it's, you know, yeah, it's wonderful. All happy and wonderful and supportive of each other. A hundred percent. Each other's advocates. And I would say even then they were supporting me in the way that they thought was best, which was to like wonder if I was, if, if I was not being rational. Right. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important too to see that perspective and to be like, okay, I'm feeling that this person isn't supporting me, but like, is it possible that they are supporting me in a way that they are understanding? And and also you mentioned the word rational, right? Like that for me brings up ideas of depression, right? Totally. Um, and I think most people who have an autoimmune or invisible disease you're going to find are suffering from some form of depression, whether yeah. it's brought on specifically by these root causes in the gut, totally. which it can often be related to, or whether it's circumstantial, it's usually a combination of both. A hundred percent. So it's important to recognize that like people who are telling you there's something wrong, even if they look fine, it could, there is probably something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, the idea of believing someone before we disbelieve them is one yes. that's very important yes. in our in what we do. So I, I love you for saying that. I yeah. totally agree. Yeah. Well, and it's like, this is this person's experience, right? To me, this yeah. just comes down to empathy. It's like on a basic level, we need to let go of the idea that women are just like making shit up. I know. <laughs> I'm like, or you, hysteric hypochondriac. Hyster- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm really, yeah. Because I would choose this for yeah. myself. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing. I'm like, your friend with an autoimmune disease is walking through hell. Yeah. She doesn't want attention, but what? It's so, it's <laughs> it's so, so crazy. crazy. <laughs> if you've lived it, it's so crazy. Yeah. But like, if you haven't. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So the doctor's story that is, <laughs> I have so many God bless doctors, <laughs> but they're so behind with autoimmunity. So I went to a GI. So even when I was being treated by functional and integrative doctors, mm-hmm. I was still sometimes being referred to like conventional doctors, of course. When, you know? And so my integrative physician at one point sent me to a GI doctor okay. to get an endoscopy to make sure nothing gnarly was going on in my stomach because I had the very typical crazy six-month pregnant belly bloating that a lot of us get from the dysbiosis. Mm. 
And I was just like, what the actual fuck is going on with my stomach? And so I, I, I at this point was very gun shy of conventional medicine, but I went because my doctor felt passionately about it. And I, I trusted her. He did an endoscopy with me. Mm. And, uh, at the beginning took me really seriously. Like, like when he sat with me, I brought a stack this high of, of, you know, mm. medical records. I told him that they'd found mercury in my body. He was like, how interesting. That's very concerning. And I was like, wow, I'm surprised he was open to that. Yeah. After he did the endoscopy and saw that what he thought was nothing happening inside my stomach mm. and upper digestive tract, he sat down with me and was like, you're healthy. Oh, I had that. <laughs> I have had that. Oh, man. And I actually, like, cried. I was, like, cried in front of him. Did he then refer you to a psychiatrist? No, because that happened to me. But that has happened to many of my friends. <laughs> and then, and, and I got angry. But I was like, well, then what is this? And yeah. he looked me right in my face and he was like, are you eating and ex- eating well and exercising? He basically was like, are you fat? <sighs> coming out of my ears right now. <laughs> and I literally, I said, I said, well, that would be interesting because I don't eat grain, sugar, drink alcohol, drink coffee or any carbs. So it would be pretty weird <laughs> if I was just fat, just on my stomach, wouldn't it? I was like, well, then look at my arms and legs. Can oh you explain God. those? And he was like, I don't know what your metabolism is like. Well, then test it. You're a GI doctor. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding? So he basically was like, I'm done looking into your case. He wow. was not interested in my chronic bloating. He really didn't give a shit. But here's the thing. It's like he did what he was supposed to do. I right. went back to Dr. Lalazar and she sat down with me and she was like, Sasha, that's not what he's for. Right. She was like, he did what we needed him to do, which is do an endoscopy. We know you don't have H. pylori. We're done. Mm-hmm. We know you don't have celiac. We're done. He's not going to understand about mercury. That's why we go back to Dr. Lalazar. And I was like, oh. Right. And that was also a turning point when I was like, oh, I'm going to know what to expect from my Western doctors when I go there. Mm-hmm. And I would say with my clients, one of the biggest humps for them to get over is like when they hear something from an endocrinologist that's like just bonkers. And I know it's bonkers, but they, they're they like, should I listen to this person? It's scary. Like we're taught to put these people on pedestals. Yeah. And I feel grateful for my perspective now, which is like, Okay, that's a doctor. They have access that I don't have. Mm. They can write prescriptions I can't write. They also have seen thousands of other patients, and I only know about me. Mm. So, like, when I go to them for that, it's a very different conversation. Yeah. When I'm like, I'm here for an endoscopy. I'm curious about H. pylori and celiac. The doctor's going to be like, great. If I sit down with him and I'm like, I think I have five autoimmune diseases. I don't know what's happening. They're going to shut down, and they're going to start to think you're crazy. And Mm. then they don't take you seriously. Absolutely. And it's like, I don't do that anymore. And yeah, I mean, I had actually a really great piece of advice from my therapist when all of this started going down. Mm. She said to me, you know, because I think there's also a level of trauma that we repeat over and over again when we are putting ourselves in a situation with a new practitioner, right? I couldn't agree more. Where we have to explain our symptoms from the beginning. And we touched on this before we started recording you and I about, you know, there's only so much of your life that you can put into this space (laughs) because... It's traumatizing Um, because we were talking about that show Afflicted on Netflix and how you haven't watched it yet because it's just too much, It's just too much. Which is fucking fair enough. Yeah. It's too much like my life. Yeah. And I also go through – I also have feelings of like anger. Like why are they talking about this now? It's it's very complex. Like I'm like, I love that this is – but I'm also like, fuck you. I've been in this battle for five years alone. Five years. You've been in it since you were eight years old or born. Very very true. I've been in it since I was eight, but I've been like actively doing the things they're doing on that show for five years. And I'm like, fuck you. Why aren't I on the show? Like, like, why is the show happening now? Can I watch the show and feel – 
Am I going to feel helpless watching it? Am I going to feel empowered? I don't know if I even want to. It's wanna. pretty depressing, I'll tell you I, I've heard it's really hard to watch. It's hard to watch until the end, but it's hard to watch. And Ugh. there you've got to get through, what, like eight episodes? And I've but, also heard that they call into the question their judgment and their rationality. And I don't know that I can sit through Well, that. I think what they do is they handle it in a way that, like, patients in that situation are often questioned. Mm. Um, and it, it brings to light the fact that people are often questioned in terms of their rationale. And, yeah. and in terms of reliving this trauma, um, you know, the advice that I was given was write down everything. So like write your history, write your health history, give your test results, whatever. So that when you go to a new practitioner, you don't even have to fill out the form. You just mm. say C attached and it takes a lot of pressure off. So, you know, and that's something that like, I think would help a lot of people to just be like, okay, so we know that I have this, these kinds of levels in this range for my TSH, for my free T4, free T3, you know, so all of that kind of thing, like you, you just get it down on paper. Yes. And then it's just your document that you have to revise, like your, your resume. A hundred percent. I love that, Lauren. That's so beautiful. Um, I also encourage people to always get a copy of their labs. I have yes. files. I have files on my computer. I have, I can email them to people. Like, know that your doctor is also one person interpreting your labs. Yeah. When you have your labs, you can ask other patients to interpret your labs. And you have a right to those records as well. Yeah. So, like, if your doctor isn't already giving them to you, ask for them. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's like, because I've gone back to reference blood tests that were taken for another reason to be like, wait, what was my magnesium like then? It's yeah. like, it's really important to be an empowered patient to have access to your own labs. Yeah. Absolutely. Just talking more about, I know we sort of got off topic, but mm-hmm. going back to your, your mm-hmm. coaching. Oh, yeah. What tests do you first use when, when you're helping people determine what illnesses they're dealing with? Mm. Are there resources that you're like, okay, go to this first. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. You know, are there a couple of mm. things that you would say that are your go-tos? That's a great question. Uh, no, because pe- what happens when somebody's new to me is we sit together for two hours and I take a look at their entire health yeah. history. And because I'm a chronically ill patient and advocate, I usually see things and then I, I, they always leave with direction for me. Right. But I would say like, it's so different that like, I can't really say. It's a case by case. It is case by yeah. case. But like, like I just met somebody two weeks ago and I was like, oh, baby girl, you got Lyme. Mm-hmm. This is Lyme. Like, I know it. I yeah. know it. Just clinically. She was describing what was going on and she was like, oh yeah, I was bitten by a tick at one point. And I was like, girl, Lyme. this is Lyme, you know? But somebody else, like I sat with somebody yesterday who already had a bunch of the clues. Mm. She just like needed to follow up on some stuff. So then the direction is like, what's in the way between you getting back in touch with this doctor? Like, mm. why are you stopping yourself? So I think it's really... Like I do, I have a whole resource file of like my favorite mold article, my right. favorite Lyme article, but like... What I send people away with is it, it depends on, well, we look, we look at the six root causes when people are with me yeah. and it's really going to depend on that. And that really probably answers a lot of those questions. It does. Yeah. And then how do you address a lot of our patients' feelings? Like, I mean, I certainly had this feeling that I was shuttled between specialists. Oh God. Um, how do you address that? Is that more dealing with the psychological element of being ill? Is it mm. more about finding someone a better specialist? Is it all of those things? What a good question. I think if somebody was having feelings about being shuttled around, I would probably talk about the psychological element of it. Mm. I would probably be like, what does that make you feel? How do we mitigate this? Yeah. And is like, is there a way to make that less personal? Like I would Mm. say so much of my work as a coach is pulling apart, like, what are you making blank mean about you? Right. And depersonalizing your body. That's hard. Yeah, totally. 
Totally. I like, I think I might explore, it really depends on what they're bringing forward, but I Mm. think I might explore like, what does that feel like to you? And what are you, what judgments are you making about the doctors as a result of that? Like sometimes I, a lot of coaching is reframing for people. So it's like, is it possible that this is really an issue about the medical system? Like, have you considered that your doctors are paid for 15 minutes with you? Have you considered that like the amount of people they see that they aren't able to help? Have you considered that it's maybe beyond their scope of practice to get you well? Yeah. Because I think that's true. I think that doctors diagnose and recommend, but they don't get us well. Yeah. And once I understood that, I had a lot more compassion and understanding for doctors and how I could use them to benefit me without having expectations that are unfair. Well, and I think a lot of that expectation as well is that, you know, we do live in this culture where we think doctor fixes me and you have to fix you. Yeah. You have to be the one following up. You have to be the one getting yep. copies of your labs. Yep. Um, I also mean, recommending, tre- I recommend treatments for myself. Yeah. I literally am like, this is the drug I want to try for my mold. Mm. I'm also like, wait, I heard I also might need a nasal spray. Do you do a nasal spray? It's like, I, literally, yeah. I'm the one being like, what about this? Right. And a lot of that is research yeah. and talking to your community and finding a community and finding mm, support. And- yeah. And I would say that's the other thing about group coaching, which is part mm. of what I offer is like, it can give people a community. Yeah. Like for some people, they don't know other chronically ill people. I know a lot because I think what I went through is very visible. So people send them to me. And now that I have a business, people send them to me, of mm, course. Yeah. But I feel like even before, like people kind of knew what was going on with me once I made the decision to start sharing, which is a big part of my psychological yeah. healing. But I would say like for a lot of people who don't have that, joining a coaching group with like, so I lead a three month radiant health group with six autoimmune patients. Yeah. And like those people entering a community where they see like, oh my gosh, other people are trying the experimental therapies I try. Oh my gosh, like other people are going to the weird doctors that my parents don't believe are real doctors. And I cannot (laughs) wait for the day when we don't call these treatments experimental and when we don't call these fake doctors, fake doctors. I know, they're they're MDs. They're MDs, guys. (laughs) And most of them are MDs who got chronically ill, by the way. Yeah. Most of the doctors that successfully treat people like you and me are doctors who had chronic illness and the medical system was like, you're lying. Yeah. And they were like, no, I'm going to figure this out. Something's up. Something's up. Yeah. yeah. So both of my doctors are MDs. They're actually osteopaths. Both of my doctors. Mine is as well. <laughs> there we go. Osteopaths like I love those like osteopaths. Yes. <laughs> well, they, it's like sitting with a doctor who won't even ask you if you're making it up. Yeah. Going to a functional medicine physician or an osteopath or an integrative physician is sitting with somebody who is going to give you two hours mm. and knows that something's up. And it's a I guess the, the one failing, one major failing of our system here is that a lot of that isn't been covered by health insurance, right? Almost never are their fees yeah. covered. Yeah. The and it's a pity that like covered. health coaching and, and integrative medicine should be a part of that, but it's not. I know. And I hope that changes. Coaching investment is life changing. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, my own coaching stories are so miraculous, but like I, I believe coaching is one of the best investments anybody can make in themselves ever. If mm. it's for their health, if it's for their business, if it's for their relationships, but like, So I feel really excellent about asking people if they're ready to invest. I think it's like a moment where people say yes to their lives in this really profound way. Yeah. Um, so it is exciting. It's exciting. And I Mm. think that the longer I stay, the more I see that it's, it's an investment that dovetails so beautifully with medical treatment and that, um, 
just gets people better outcomes emotionally. Uh, to go back to something you said a number yeah. of minutes ago, like, would it be enough if you just thought about your life differently as a result of coaching? Yeah. Like, would it be enough if you started living richly again, even if you weren't in remission? Yeah. And I think that's so much of what coaching offers. Absolutely. Clients. Yeah. Top three tips for someone who suspects they might have something going on. Great. If you suspect you might have something going on, um, contact me through my website. Which is? www.sashaalexander. My name is spelled S-A-S-C-H-A. Mm-hmm. Alexander.com. Yeah. Um, I talk to anybody for yep. free for two hours. And we're going to link directly on our yeah. website for Sasha's website too. It's what I do. Um, that's the first thing I would do is contact me and look yeah. at this, look at the six root causes on my website. That's the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is start to organize your money so that you're ready to go for it. Yeah. I would say like, do what you got to do to get, if somebody's brand new, I would say get together like five grand Mm. to really go see one of these doctors and be able to do the testing and be able to see what's going on. Give it a try. Yep. It's like, I think, I think a really stressful way to do this is, oh, I'll do it little by little as I get money because Mm. it's, oof, it's like the expenses can be so massive when we aren't used to spending them. But I think if you're making that decision every time, it can feel so resentment building. I really think one of the best ways to do it is like, if you have to do a GoFundMe, do it. I have a client who's a Lyme coach who raised $18,000 for herself when she was on food stamps to treat her Lyme and she's now recovered, right? Oh my God. So it's like, if you need to do that, I pulled $5,000 out of um, a trust that I was given by my parents, Mm. which by the way, wasn't like a huge, not that this matters. It would be fine if I was wealthy. It's not a huge trust. It was like a small investment that they had gifted me for grad school at one point if I wanted to do that, right? I pulled money out of there. So I like literally cash stocks out. Right. Um, Another way would be like start a new savings account and just move five grand into it. But like give yourself... Do what you have to do to be like, I'm going to need money. To Start get your well. nest egg. Start your nest egg. Start your like yeah. health nest egg. Mm. And if that means having conversations with people, do it. You get the idea. And I think it's also the idea of making it a priority financially. Exactly. And you know, exactly. if you've got to call those people that you got to call for those loans, call them. Call them. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think knowing up front that this will be expensive is actually helpful. Like if there's mm. some denial going on that like, maybe I can do this for a grant, you can't. Mm. If you really think you have something going on that's like autoimmune related on the spectrum, it's like, nope. No. You got to get, get together some money. Because yeah. then you'll be like, I'm equipped. I'm ready. Mm. Um, I would say like, it's hard enough. You know, yeah. give yourself that cushion to be like, I have this money. I'm going to do it. Absolutely. Um. Oh gosh, the last thing. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to do like a two-parter. One would be like find a functional or osteopathic physician Mm. or, and, or get on a patient forum. Mm. Patient forums are unbelievable. Where would you suggest people look for a patient forum? Facebook. Start searching for Facebook groups that are like Hashimoto's Patients LA, Mm. um, LA Lyme Group, um, uh, like SIBO LA, like start look like Google what you think might be going on. Google your symptoms all in a row. Like but don't go down a WebMD rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, try, but I mean, just so that you get a couple names. Cause if you're yeah. like, okay, bloating, low blood pressure, cravings, like SIBO might come up and then you can be like, okay, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole, but I'm going to go on Facebook and get into a SIBO group mm, and see right? what other people <clears throat> might And see what other suggest. people are saying. Time and again, especially for Hashis, there's um there's a specific Facebook group called Stop the Thyroid Mad- Madness. Mm. 
And the th- this is the most educated patient population I've ever met. They will mm-hmm. interpret your thyroid labs better than your doctor will. Wow. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. So um, my life was saved many times over by, fa- by patient forums. I never would have had the courage to start Coffee Animas mm-hmm. if I wasn't on patient forums being like, guys, I'm what do I do about my butt? What yeah, do I do? <laughs> yeah, like what do I feel like afterwards? Do I need electrolytes? Like I'm scared because it cramps. Like everything, you know, mm. patient forums are like literally life-saving. Mm. And what I'm finding is the autoimmune community is like way more educated than their doctors most of the time. Mm. So like because I have been say, through it and they've tried everything yeah. just like you have. So if you really can't get to a doctor, it's like find a Facebook group, start asking all your questions to other patients. They generally love to help because they're also upset and ready mm. to be well and like love helping others. I want to know your top three like secret indulgences, like guilty okay. pleasures and your top three favorite comfort activities, which can be like treatment oh, things that you do. Um, okay, we'll so do those, so, so another two top threes. Okay. So my favorite indulgences, I mean, my first one is, this is going to be so obvious to my boyfriend who I'm sure will <laughs> listen to this someday is coffee. Yeah. I should not be drinking coffee with my bladder condition. It's so good though. It makes me so happy, Lauren. Mm. It makes me so happy. And that's and the important thing, isn't yes. it? Yes. And I read, so Dave Asprey, who um, founded Bulletproof, is one of the most, I would say he's probably the most visible toxic mold survivor mm. that's out there. And he's doing incredible work for the mold community and chronic illness community. Mm. And on his big mold article, he's done, he also has a documentary called Moldy that I haven't even watched, but he has a big article as well about what toxic mold is and how to recover. He talks about how like, honestly, a couple beautiful cups of coffee can be deeply motivating to somebody who's like really struggling, Mm. you know? Look, this is an indulgence. If somebody has an adrenal issue, no, I, I'm not going to yeah. recommend. I'm not going to say I'm recommending this or to my clients. Or maybe decaf or some kind of coffee alternative. Sure, except the problem with coffee is that it's moldy. Mm. It's like a moldy food. So it's like if you have a mold thing, it's look. You ask me indulgence, like this is not something I should be doing. So that's that's one. And I also want everybody to know, like I have given up coffee for years at a time, mm-hmm. and as I started to heal, I started to play with bringing it back. Mm-hmm. So I want to make that clear too. It's like. I did not fuck around when I was really, really sick Mm. because it's like, you'll do anything to get better, right? Absolutely. So coffee is the one that I keep letting go of and bringing back because I keep Mm. being like, it's not good for me. I'm obsessed. So coffee. Yeah. Um, There's this incredible 100% dark chocolate at Trader Joe's called Montezuma's Mm. um, that is just really handling my dessert desires without putting any sugar into my body. Um, food, is this like food specific? No, it could be like taking a nap. It could be. Well, that's the comfort thing, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, if you have other, if there's another guilty pleasure, like wine or, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I see. So it could be, that could be food or drink, but it it could also be a lifestyle thing. Like some days I like to skip my workout. Oh gosh, not We're like, really. I'm allergic to cats, but I've got a cat. You know, that kind I am of allergic to cats and I have a cat. Fantastic. But, um, <laughs> but no, I'm sitting right here. I know. Very cute. I'm actually, honestly, I'm actually incredibly disciplined. And mm. I think it's important to say that. Yeah. I'm actually incredibly disciplined. And I'm not perfect. Like, I would say, um, when I go out to a party, mm. I like I'm never gonna cook this food for myself. But like if I go out to a party, like I'll cheat a little bit on like corn, I'll cheat a little bit on dairy. Same. Yeah. But like I'm never gonna eat any gluten and girl, hell no. Mm. No, you know? And I'm also never gonna like spend an entire week not cooking. I'm never gonna not go to yoga class for an entire two weeks. Like Mm. I love that I'm well. It cost me so much to get here. Mm. I'm actually incredibly disciplined. I would say the thing that 
I'm really bad with this coffee. I just can't seem to let it go, even though I did for years. Now that it's back, I don't know that I'm going to let it go again. So Mm. yeah. I love it. So speaking of coffee, coffee animas. Okay, great. Great. So one I'm really good at segues. Yeah. I appreciate that about you as a podcast host. Thank you. Um, first of all, I'm having a little Hashi's hot flash right now. Which we were warned about. So this was something before we started recording. Sasha actually said to me, Hey, I may have a hot flash if we turn off the air conditioning, but we have to turn it off for the noise. Yeah. Because she and I are both on high doses, but she's on an even higher dose of T3. Yeah. And that can cause hot flashes. So it's happening. Girl is fanning herself right now. doing great. Uh, thank you so much. You're it's not so even embe- flushed. Oh, am I not? No. I am damp though, but no, I'm glad you I don't, don't look, look red. You look like <laughs> she looks normal. Oh God. And then somebody touches me and I'm like a, a, like a slicker, like a little, a rain slicker. I know T3 is so funny because I'm actually on the right dosage. Like it's not too yeah, high, but it need just it. gives me hot flashes anyway. It's yeah. Like one of these weird. I'm crazy heat sensitive myself. Oh. Okay. Just I'm kidding. just like, I live in air conditioning sometimes. Oh, but then no. you think, I can't live in air conditioning because what about mold? Oh, <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. Oh, girl. Um, and, it, and it's so funny, too, because I was cold forever. So it's actually still kind of delightful to me that I can be too hot. Because I, I was just cold, cold forever. for years. That's such a fear. I mean, it's always like, been warm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've suddenly gone tropical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so so I guess I'm going to say, so three, so comfort. Let me do some comfort and then we'll talk yeah. about coffee animas. I would say going to the Korean spa is like my number one. Oh my God, it's the best. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here in LA, LA they're yeah. so easy. What's your favorite one in LA? Olympic, Olympic spa. I love Olympic spa. my number spa. one. I love some wee spa too, but Olympic is very special to me. Yeah. yeah. Olympic is just, it's a little more intimate. I know. It feels very like tucked away and girly and I love it. Yeah. Um, so that's my treat. If I really need a treat, I'll get the like milk and honey scrub that they do. Ooh. Cause they just like, like lay you naked on a, on a like metal table and just like pour honey all over your oh body. God. I mean, it's literally like, I'm like, what? Like, this that's is, like, amazing. Sexiest, most wonderful thing in the world. I love nothing more than a Korean scrub. I must oh, say. Girl. I yeah. know. I know. They get in all the nooks and crannies. <laughs> <laughs> they do not leave a stone unturned. They do not. <laughs> We just love to be touched. (laughs) Actually, yeah. That's a huge thing. Well, I feel like anything that brings me pleasure, I think there's so much pain involved in being chronically ill. Yeah. Like pleasure is really essential. Go to hot yoga at a studio called Urban Exhale Mm. because sweating is a part of my regimen. Are they on La Brea? Yes. Yeah. So um, enemas and sweating are like the ways that I get things out of my body. Mm. So I'm about to buy my own infrared sauna, which is going to be incredible. Oh my God. Do they take up a lot of space? They can be pretty small. It is going to be like annoyingly large for a one bedroom apartment, but honestly, it's worth it because of the impact it has on my health is so incredible. And also going to places that have infrared. So expensive. Super expensive. So expensive. It's so much cheaper just to buy once. So enemas and infrared saunas are in the same category of getting toxins out of your body more quickly than your liver and kidney can do on their own. Mm. Sorry, kidneys. Hopefully you have two. An infrared sauna is a sauna that penetrates. It's different than a normal sauna on a couple levels. Mm. First, it heats you from the inside. You aren't walking into heat. So Mm. like if you go into a normal dry sauna, it's like a hot room. Yeah. When you go to an infrared sauna, the infrared rays heat up your insides. That sounds Mm. horrifying, but it's wonderful. It's like the interior massage you get with yoga. Like oh, when you oh, twist, I love your that. I love that. Organs. My yeah. friend said that the other day, and I was like, "I'm going to yoga today. <laughs> I'm going to massage my kidneys. <laughs> it feels great. Self care. Yeah. Um. So it heats you up from the inside. Mm. Um. 
which means you sweat more profusely mm. and also that it's more detoxifying. So there's a couple reasons. The first is it actually can like liquefy fat cells. And what? a lot, I need to go to an infrared sauna. Yeah, you can like sweat out your fat. Hi. But, hi. <laughs> but the point of that for a chronically ill person is that often we have extra fat, often chronically ill people have extra fat and extra water on our bodies. Yeah. It's because our bodies are hiding toxins in fat cells and in water. Mm. So when you go to an infrared sauna, you can get rid of fat that never comes back because it was hiding toxins. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. It's also amazing for chronic pain, which all of us have. Mm. Um, although be warned if you are toxic, like I get migraines after infrared saunas commonly because oh, it's like once you move things through, it's really your body reacts. Yeah. Your body can react. Generally, I leave saunas feeling incredible and mm. my clients do too. Like if you have an autoimmune disease and have not tried an infrared sauna, it's like walking out into a healthy body for a couple hours. Mm. It's incredible. And where do you go for infrared saunas? I go to Sweat Theory mm. in Hollywood. I love it. And actually, it's perfect for comforting that, that because it is like one thing I love about Sweat Theory is they really make it like a beautiful, luxurious experience. Oh, that's nice. Like you get this private room. It's this beautiful, like organic cedar. Everything smells mm. like wood. You get this fluffy robe. You get like mm. a cayenne shot and like a face towel. It's like oh. a, it's a beautiful. It's a spa experience. It's really a spa experience. Yeah. I mean, I do. Well, here's the thing about infrared saunas. It's like you, 15 to 30 minutes is enough. Oh, so they're short. They're short. Ah. Because I, well, maybe a healthy person would be able to do longer. But for us, when we start moving toxins around, your body like can't take so much of it. Right. So it's like, uh, by the time, I would say around 20, 25 minutes is when I have to open it up and be like, whoo. So right. I don't know if that's because I'm on T3 or if that's just because I am a chronically ill person. It could be um, a little bit of both. It could be a little bit of both. Yeah. But they're wow. incredible. Like mm-hmm. my doctor, so I see a doctor named Dr. Bernhoft. He works out of Ojai. And he's like, the difference I see when my clients are in five saunas a week versus when they aren't is insane. Mm-hmm. He's basically like, do you want to get well three times faster? Get in a sauna five days a week, but get in an infrared sauna. Like don't go to your gym sauna. It's just wow. not the same. I'm like, probably filled with mold. I'm probably filled with mold. Yeah. So an infrared sauna, it's like the way the rays penetrate your body is very special. It also heats up your core temperature, almost like a fever. So it can kill like nasty things that are in you. Also, if you start, you might sweat out. Like I sweat black things out onto the towel, like heavy metals and what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta try it. It's incredible. I really need to try this. Um, so I think those are my, those are my comforts. I go to K-Spa. I go to infrared saunas. Um, and your coffee enema. And my coffee enema. Yeah. And then also I let myself, I really let myself like sit around and watch TV if I'm really in a low, you know? Yeah. And let myself get lots of hugs from my boyfriend and order in and stuff. Because I have some like paleo places that I can order from. It was going to say. Yeah. Wait, you can order in? <laughs> yeah. Like I would say Belcampo is like one of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, we also can eat the, from this Vietnamese place as long as I don't go too crazy with rice or sugar or sauce. Right. I just have to be kind of like judicious. Mm. Um, okay. So coffee enemas. Okay. So the science behind a coffee enema mm. is, well, I think I have to back up a little bit. Most people with chronic <laughs> <Do> illness. <you? laughs> that, that's a double-edged that sword, that one. <laughs> don't back it up. <laughs> Get yourself an enema. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I had the to go there. There. It was right there. The chronic puns that are happening are making me <laughs> so happy. <laughs> I really oh. hope that our audience is laughing oh, with us too, right now. Me She's too. having another hot flash. I'm just <laughs> fanning it out. My cool. people. We're the Kathy Lee and Hoda chronic illness right now. So good. It's like if I was recording like a different kind of podcast, I'd have to pretend like I had it together. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
<laughs> like with a Hashi station. I'm like, girl, I'm sweating. Yeah. It's just, it's a thing that happens. Oh, okay. So basically one thing all autoimmune patients can benefit from is mm. more detoxification because most of us get sick because our livers, because of the gene mutations, mm. our livers don't detoxify as efficiently. And most of us are like full of toxins just from life. Mm. Some of us are extra full of toxins like me from an infection like toxic mold or Lyme. Mm. Almost everybody needs liver help when they have an autoimmune disease. Um, what coffee enemas do for your liver, it's actually more about your liver than it is about your colon. Hmm. Really what a coffee enema does is it gets antioxidants, nutrients, and caffeine from coffee into these veins. I'm not going to remember what they're called because I'm new to coffee enemas actually. Hmm. It's only been like two weeks that I've been doing that. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's already made that much of a Oh difference. my God. Yeah. Wow. Um, so there are these big um, arteries that go from your liver into like your colon. Mm. And what happens is the coffee stimulates those, the nerves in those veins mm. to get your liver to like dump and recycle all of its bile. Wow. And to increase production of the master antioxidant in your body, which is called glutathione. Glutathione is something that when you're doing a heavy metal detox, you take it in through mm. your veins or, or, or even like you can take it orally. Yeah. I was going to say, wait a minute. Glutathione. Yeah. 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 Okay. Glutathione is very common when you're mm. detoxing from anything and it's very expensive and it's, you have to take it intravenously often because yes. it's hard to, it's hard to make it and get your body to take it. Right. So a coffee enema makes, like gets your own body to mm. increase its glutathione production by like 700%. Something insane. Excuse me? It's insane. Wow. So when, when I did my first, like I did three days in a row of coffee enemas, the, all the water retention that I get around my belly as a result of being a mold toxic person literally went away because wow. my liver was just like handling that shit. So what does the dump look like? Is it like as the liver is dumping everything, does it come out actually through your colon then once you've done the enema? enema or what a like, good question. Like, I, I know. What does it look like your system? Because when you, because basically you do an enema with coffee, what you do is just like, you just poop out a bunch of coffee and poop. Like right. that's all it looks like. Um, there's another benefit of coffee enemas that it does like loosen. A lot of us have like parasites and like big yeast colonies living in our colon just kind of feel mm. people just kind of get all this like backed up shit so it also like <laughs> literally 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 so it also like loosens those and mm. can flush your body of parasites without having to do like oral parasite cleanses um, magnesium can also help with that if you need to like loosen yourself up and it the, definitely can in that department it and definitely aloe can. as well yeah i love aloe i know so good for it's inflammation great when you're constipated <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> oh i was just thinking about the like cooling effects of it like it oh cools. i'm like i'm all about you take that aloe tablet when you're oh up. oh i haven't done that <laughs> learn something new every see, day I love, I love, Alexander. see what i mean about educated patients <laughs> We're exchanging knowledge. Um, so anyway, like I said, I am new to enemas. Mm. If people are curious, they should look up Gerson therapy because that's everything you need to know. How so do you spell that? G-E-R-S-O-N. Okay. Dr. Gerson mm. um, is a doctor who treats cancer patients with like mini coffee enemas a day, mm. like up like three to six coffee enemas a day. Okay. A chronically ill person, depends on how sick you are. If you're really sick with like Lyme or like mm. a biotoxin illness, you can do like three a day. I'm doing one a day because... I'm still new. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping days every once in a while too to see how my body does. But mostly it's to like loosen up old calcified stuff that might be like toxic to your body in mm. your colon. And mostly it's for your liver and your gallbladder to mm. release bile and, um, and do what they're supposed to do. And do what they're supposed to do. Cause ours get backed up. Yeah. That's the thing. Wow. Yeah. That's so awesome. I'm having incredible results. And also they help with chronic pain. So like, my bladder pain, which I said mm. is really my last remaining symptom. And it's the reason I shouldn't drink coffee, but I love it. Mm. Um, 
my bladder pain is way better on a day that I do an enema. Mm. It's really incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. The facts. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. But basically, yeah. So for me, so mold, toxic mold is a biotoxin illness and people like me with mold or with Lyme, we have so much shit that we got to get out. Literally and figuratively. I actually didn't mean poop that time. I meant just like the toxins from the bio (laughs) things. So for us especially, it's amazing. But all of my clients that start upping their detox practices, they mm. all feel way better. So yeah, I would recommend it for now. I think it's awesome. And I, I'm really <laughs> hoping that that people who listen to your Aww. episode are really going to find a lot of healing. In I it, hope so. so. That's literally the point of my whole life now. Exactly. So, so guys, if you're looking for Sasha and her work, yeah. go to SashaAlexander.com. It's mm-hmm. S-A-S-C-H-A is how you spell her first name and her last name's Alexander.com. Um, she's an amazing health coach and an amazing human. And we're so happy to have had her on the show. Sasha, thanks so much for joining us. That's it, folks. Thanks for listening. As always, please check us out online at uninvisiblepod.com and all over the social media world at uninvisiblepod. We love your feedback and suggestions, so please drop us a line via the website if you have questions, ideas for topics to cover in future episodes, or just want to say hello. We're all about relationships and collaboration here, so credit where credit is due. Music for this episode is by Sean Hart, who can be found at seanhart.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts.